welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we're going to talk some Deathloop, but before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to JCK, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. We're going to record a Side Quest today. We're going to talk about some totally awesome, uh, what are they, like cider mill, apple pie, something or other, donut style Oreos. <laughs> also the Mountain Dew Voodoo flavoring, which is a mystery, mystery. flavor. Yeah. Uh, and some other stuff. I'm probably going to rant about subscriptions for a little while. Uh, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can spend your free Prime subscription on us if you would like. If you're not already spending it on somebody awesome uh, who I don't know who's awesome on Twitch anymore. They're all the same to me. Uh, yeah, Someone with a hot tub. Yeah, we're going to get one of those hot tubs if our, we get yeah. enough uh, subscribers on Patreon. 100 patrons, right? Was that if was we that If we hit 100 patrons, we're going to rent a hot tub and do a hot tub stream. We've <laughs> made zero progress on that goal. Zero. We Actually, we probably product. lost me because I think my credit card expired and I patronized <laughs> our own podcast. There you go. Um, yeah, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys just put out an episode about uh, Sam Raimi. They did a Sam Raimi bracket. It's pretty good. Check that out. They have a tiny terror out where Nikki makes her triumphant return to the Horror Movie Yearbook, uh, talking about her personal Sam Raimi bracket, so check that out. Uh, They also did a multimedia about the Warriors, Uh, not only the movie, but its adaptation into video game form by Rockstar back in the PlayStation 2 and Xbox generation. Uh, So please check that out as well. Um, And that game is playable on current consoles. I believe uh, they ported it to PS4 as well, so you can check that out. I don't know if it's available on the Series 1, or or the uh, the Series or the 1s. Might be. I assume it would be if it is on the PlayStation. Um, I, I had a copy, an Xbox copy of that, to play on my 360 and it was one of the few games that wasn't like backwards compatible that sucks yeah that's a bummer um the xbox to 360 transition was not as the compatibility was not as wide as the as the 360 to series or the ones in series anyway what are you um, you're just saying stuff it just sounds like gibberish it's the stupid Xbox naming convention. Just give me an Xbox two and three. I'm not, I can't about, handle this. How about one, a Y box or one a Z box? Is it an Xbox one or, or a give one it a new name, S, you know, or a one X or a series S or a series X. Like a super Xbox, the super Xbox. Sure. The Xbox yeah. 64. There you go. Or the X cube. The downgrade from the 360, but you know what? Uh, Nick and I talked about the Green Knight. I don't know if that was out last time that we talked here, so please check that out as well on the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. And then uh, that's it for now, I think. We're trying to figure out stuff with the TV podcasts. I have this desire to combine them into one feed, and I haven't sat down with Nick to decide between the names that I came up with or something else. So... And then when that happens, there may or may not be a wider breadth of TV conversation on the Midwest Podcast Network, but uh, 
that's a little tease of what could be coming to the network. All Sweet. right. Yes. Have you guys only been playing Deathloop and Destiny? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yes, for me. <laughs> that's all. I've I I completed two more Metroid games since the last time we talked. Man, you're on a roll. I beat Super Metroid, uh, which was quite good. Um, and then I played Metroid Fusion. Um, and that was uh, also... I played it on my actual Game Boy Advance SP, which was nice. It's fun to... To bring that out, it actually prompted me to purchase a new battery for my SP because I think the battery life on the Game Boy SP, if you bought it on launch day, there you go. John's got one available. The battery now, it probably still works, but I was noticing the light was turning on very quickly. What a good start. Is it sound. built in? Uh, it's it's replaceable. Oh, okay. It's, I think it's just a screw to pull it out. There is like a... Of course, it's Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. <laughs> what else would be in there? Yeah, now we're going to get a DMCA takedown or whatever because of that theme music. Um, yeah, but uh, anyway, it was very nice to play uh, Metroid Fusion on the original hardware once again. Even though I have things like a Mister, which plays it nicely. Um, I actually I played it on an actual cartridge, which is nice. It's not something that I feel like I get to do very often. Um, the SP... Is just one of the greatest handhelds ever made. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. it is like there's very little wrong with it, other than yeah. I guess the front the front lighting is kind of not great. But well, and there's like a uh, cottage industry of people that are making backlit screens that you can mod into those SPs. Dude, that's and I thought yeah, about it, cool. but I I haven't done it because I don't really want to like uh, I don't want to. Uh, dishonor my original hardware. I would do it on like a second one if I had one, but um, and I don't. It's you know, they're actually you could probably get like a hundred dollars for a Game Boy SP right now, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I just I'll have you know that I charged this like four months ago and it still has battery. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm it's like the, the battery's great. The nickel metal hydride batteries that are in those things are awesome and they do a great job. And that's the thing, like. God, that thing would have come out in what? Like two... 2003. 2003? So that's like, what, 18 years later, I'm finally like, well, my battery life isn't at 100%, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna replace my battery. Like, that. that's how long it took to yeah. get there. No, I specifically so. remember 2003 because it came out and I was playing it in college, in my there college classes. I, the I same remember, cartridge. This final, and my save game is still on here. Nice. Yeah. So, I I I had my original Metroid Fusion save on the <laughs> on the cartridge still as well. Um, but I, I very distinctly remember calling up the Toys R Us on Telegraph to get, or not Telegraph on uh, John R to try and get a Game Boy SP, and uh, and they had them on launch day, and I went over and got one, and it's 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 a beautiful piece of hardware. 82 hours and five minutes on my save game. Nice. Um, but well, other than that, <laughs> what? No, I just, the, the reason I remember, not just because of college, but because at the time, if I recall correctly, uh, with my limited capacity of income at the time, I spent my entire paycheck buying two of these for my girlfriend at the time's siblings. Mm. And uh, that was a mistake. Balling out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm balling out on a budget. 
you know, you got to do what you got to do. But uh, no, so after Metroid Fusion, also maybe still my favorite Metroid game, Metroid Fusion. Um, that concludes the mainline Metroids that kind of lead into Metroid Dread, which is coming out in a couple weeks here on October 8th, alongside the new Nintendo Switch OLED model. But um, the other thing that I did, I, I, I was like, I'm going to play through Metroid Prime Trilogy, because I love Metroid Prime Trilogy, but I decided to break open Metroid Other M, which I maybe erroneously remembered being kind of shit on by the press. And I think I was wrong. I don't know where that came from. Uh, this is a Wii Metroid game. And I was playing it on the Wii up until I bought a Wii U. Because buying another Wii U was cheaper than opening my copy of Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Wii. Just, just for reference there. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, yeah. Metroid... Other M is a weird third-person, first-person Metroid game that came out for the Wii. And I thought it got kind of crapped on. Turns out, after looking back at it, I think a lot of fans were disappointed in it, but I think the press kind of liked it a lot. And it's a really interesting adaptation of what a Metroid would feel like on a modern-day console in third-person and first-person. You only ever play with the Wiimote. There's no nunchuck involved. And you play with it sideways until you need to fire missiles or scan the environment. And then you point it at the screen and it switches to a first-person perspective. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And so it's a little bit like... It's a little more rudimentary of a Metroid game because it does a lot of auto-aiming for you. And like some of the controls can be a little bit wonky with that and kind of other things that the game expects you to do. But overall, I think... Like, when the controls aren't in the way, it's a very, like, interesting... The way... It's it's super cinematic, too, because just the way that the game functions, there's a lot of, like, finishing blows that Samus gets to do. Like, if you charge up her beam and then you jump on top of an enemy, sometimes you get to, like, blow their head off with it, basically. And so there's this really, like, dynamic system that I think kind of fed into what they did with the remake of 2 on the 3DS, because... Some of that happens as well, and it looks like it's going to be in Dread, too. So I think they've done a really cool job of, like, even if Dread is going to be side-scroller, it seems like they're going to pull you in close for some really cool cinematic moments with Samus, and I'm looking forward to seeing some of that stuff. But um, Other M is interesting, and, and it's it's better than I thought it would be. The story kind of sucks. They kind of, like... I think most of the fans disliked it because it kind of makes Samus out to be less of a badass than she really was thought of at the time because there's almost no story in the other Metroid games. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's still worth checking out just because it, it plays differently, but it's kind of a cool translation of what a Metroid game could be on, like, the Wii hardware. And so I I've been enjoying playing through it because it's a a totally new experience for me but i am looking forward to hopefully getting to prime the prime trilogy after that because i haven't replayed those in a long time sweet so other than that it's been death loop for me i've been playing a lot of the division 2 on the playstation 5 on the playstation 5 yeah 
Did they um, update it for that? They did. Know, it has like okay. volumetric fog and like updated graphics and 60 frames a second. Like, huh. I mean, it, nice. it looks it looks great. It looks as good as if not better than my PC. Nice. Um, It plays great. I just like it's a really easy game to pick up and put down uh, with a hectic schedule. And it's uh, I've always just I just enjoy the mechanics of the game in general. So it's been kind of fun to have something to just like sit sit around and dick around with so um i haven't done first video game you've played in several months yeah pretty much and i started (laughs) like a whole new character because unfortunately there is no cross progression or cross play with the consoles there's only cross progression and cross play with stadia and pc which kind of sucks but it's okay like not that I have anybody to play it with anyways because other people are too busy playing destiny and deathloop and whatever else I mean, I I would play. I just want to play on my character on PC because I didn't finish Warlords. Yeah, no, I would love to play my character on PC as well because I have all the cool stuff already that I want. (laughs) And my my character that I had to remake uh, does not have any cool stuff yet. And all the cool stuff takes time to get. Like, you got to hunt down keys and you got to... Yeah. Do all this shit and like find all the pieces and build the gun. And you got to find the blueprints and blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's just a, a a huge mess of things to do, but it's kind of fun. And luckily, like the exploration aspect of the game in general is really cool because I just imagine myself in in some post-apocalyptic pandemic ridden world where a bunch of people have died and the world's gone to shit like i imagine myself like lurking through cities and digging through other people's belongings in a similar manner so (laughs) so you're living out your dream yeah the the division (laughs) is very much like what i envision an actual like post-pandemic future if more people end up dying and the world does in fact go to shit the division is literally what we're going to be living in jury's still out you know we could yeah we no could i know there. we're still working on yeah, it we're not in the clear yet um i do uh yeah i, I mean I, I i i watch all the herman kane awards pop up on reddit now so that's a reddit is fucking well, unbelievable yeah. but uh now that you've spoken these words uh i think you know in in some amount of time when nick hears this you may reactivate his sleeper cell agent in the division. Well, he, I know he was playing for a while. Yeah, I mean, him and Gojo were playing. That's the reason I even have the game on PlayStation yeah. to begin with is because he bought me a copy of it, and mm-hmm. it was like $8 or something like that. And then the Warlords ex- expansion was like 8 bucks a week or two ago, and so I just bought it because I, I loved playing Warlords on the PC, mm-hmm. but it was definitely something that benefits to having other players because some of those bosses are so difficult that uh, you kind of need, need that support player. So, it sounds like Ubisoft needs to get cross progression in that game yeah. on all platforms. I mean, that is one way that Destiny is superior right now. Yeah, yeah, but I can't play that game out of principle now. It's over. <laughs> I just can't. I can't do it. Although it's my my only gripe is it's still confusing to me about like what you can do in vanilla Destiny and what you can't. Like if you download the free version. Because I had considered actually just downloading that on my PS5 because I only have like a couple things installed just to, because it runs at like 60 frames on there too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, especially when you're like going over to a platform where you haven't bought everything, right? But you, you're yeah. on, like your character usually lives on one where you do have everything. Like, yeah, I don't that stuff. That's probably why Ubisoft is just like, yeah, never mind, we won't do that. Like, I, I feel like that kind of, I the, think the hooks and crooks of all of those types of systems. It, it, it's difficult. To... Uh, yeah, I just think, well, I don't know, maybe things will be different after this whole epic Apple fight, like, finally wraps up, but um, I think, like, the, the cross-progression, cross-play thing is like, it, it, it's probably, it's all it's all tied into the stores, it's into, in, in these systems, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's it's all completely tied into it, and uh, in the, the PlayStation store and the Xbox store, and any console store is all very similar to the app stores on iPhones and iOS devices and everything. So I assume like once those sorts of things get sorted out, you will see maybe some of that stuff start to unlock, but maybe not. I don't know. I just assume Ubisoft doesn't want to deal with it. And they're trying to play friendly with everybody right now as best they can. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I I think I got a, I got an email from them saying that if I, if I sign up for Uplay plus now, for 15 bucks my account will only ever cost 15 dollars, which means to me they're going to be increasing the price yeah. of uplay plus in the near future we're going to lock this in but you can now use uplay plus on stadia so if you have uplay plus like you can literally play every ubisoft game on stadia that's which is cool, cool but hmm. yeah i don't i don't know i mean that's i have i also i i've spent uh let's see 120 180 probably about $200 on the division <laughs> across multiple Sounds platforms like destiny multiple platforms and expansions and uh yeah i and mean it, it would just like i wish i wish there was a way for them to see that i have like and there's no way they can't tell but that i have warlords and the base game purchased on every single platform so yeah. why can't i just play cross platform like why That's- I, I have a feeling, yeah, like, if I, I think the utopian idea is, like, hey, you gave us money for The Division 2, and now you have it on every platform. Yeah, but like, exactly. That, like, give, like give me, like, what is the ultimate purchase pack, you know, like, the super gamer pack, like, you know, deluxe edition. If you edition. buy the $250 collector's edition that comes with the statue. Yeah, you of, can, you literally can play it on whatever itself. platform you want. Like, we don't care. You gave us a bunch of your money. Obviously, yeah. you love what we're doing and you want to play it however you want to play it. Like, just give me that opportunity. And, like, in this case, like, you know, yes, I did purchase them, like, you know, years apart from each other. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like, it shouldn't matter. Like, I bought the license to play the game. Mm-hmm. So let me play it how I want to play it. But we'll see if we ever get there. Yeah. Anyways, that's all I've played is the division, and uh, and I love it. I still love it. That game's great. Everything about it's great. It's just fun. It's a fun game. I still don't quite understand all of the like. I I need to. I I don't understand the skill. Like there, what is it? Health, skill, and damage. Like the weapon. Like the the different. Uh, I can't. I don't even know how to explain it because I don't understand it. But there's like there's so many systems in the game that like play into how your character like the effect that your character has in the world in terms of damage and you know how much damage your grenades do as opposed to your weapons and then how much healing power like your health weapons have on you and yada yada so there's a lot of stuff i don't i still don't quite understand that i wish i understood 
And maybe like doing this secondary playthrough will, will help me kind of understand it better. But also it's all changed since I've started playing anyway. So I'm like relearning stuff. I mean, yeah, that's the confusing part. I remember when I tried to jump back in like last year, I think it was. And yeah, they had reworked they the had, entire gear system. Yeah. So literally every build that I had been working on for like dozens of hours didn't work anymore. Like, yeah, it had to be redone. I mean, that was always one of the things about Destiny. Is this stuff analogous to, like, the discipline and intellect or whatever, John? Um, kind like of. Gear. Yeah, kind of. Like, they're the different attributes that are applied based on the gear that you're wearing. So, like, you, one of them is, like, weapon. It's, like, indicated with a red icon. And then one of them is tech. And that's indicated by the yellow icon. And then one of them is health. And that's indicated by the blue icon. And different pieces of gear have different levels of of one or two of those things, but never all three from what I can tell, at least not, not with my current set of gear that I have. I think once you get some of the Epic gear, you can start seeing all three like uh, indicators on there and you can have a total of seven. I think of each of those icons in, in gear that, that apply to your character and that tweaks how much damage you do or how much like headshot damage you do specifically. And then like, you know, if your tech is higher then you'll do more damage with like your grenades and your gear, like your, uh, your turret. And then if your health is higher then your healing, things will do, will heal you more or give you more armor and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it's very similar. Um, none of it changes mobility. The, the, that's, I think that's one of the things about that game that, like I like about it is like you don't necessarily have like a speed attribute that gets affected like nothing's adjusting like how quickly you move which I think kind of levels the playing field if you ever do start playing competitive but I think the competitive aspect of that game never really took off because I think people just found it too difficult Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. too scary and well not even not even talking about the dark zone but they actually added like a pvp like Mm. like multiplayer deathmatch style like team deathmatch stuff but the the dark zones is is its own ball game which once you hit that level of gameplay the dark zone is so thrilling to go in and and think like and you're literally sneaking around the the game world and collecting gear and then you've got to try and ex, like extradite it out mm-hmm. and then you're you're hunting other hunters or they're hunting you and like everybody's just kind of out for themselves and like you're either avoiding conflict or you're starting shit to try and ruin someone else's day. Right. And, it, and it's take like the stuff they're trying to extract. It's like yeah. playing Sea of Thieves. Like there's this level of like adrenaline that just like pumps through your body when you're doing that. And you know, you literally know that you you are ruining someone's afternoon when you do that. And it makes you feel so fucking powerful. And it's so good. Like it, <laughs> I, lo- I absolutely love it. And then I just remember Brian and I were playing one time. And these guys just were fucking destroying us. We could not. We kept running into them too. Like it wasn't like mm-hmm. we like it wasn't like we ran into them one time and then we died and then we took off. We were like, no, fuck those guys. Like I'm going after them. And then we kept trying to get to them, but they somehow, I don't know what gun they were using or what they had going on, but they were just capable of doing massive amounts of damage to us really quickly. And it became so frustrating. And all we wanted to do was murder them, and we couldn't do it. And it was just <sighs> yeah. like, but there's like there's a different thrill to that aspect of the game that that is like super intriguing and fun and i don't know i I mean it's not for everyone obviously because it's it's like it's the same level of anxiety i get when i when i'm the last person alive and i have to clutch around in fucking rainbow six where like my heart's like pounding and i'm like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this and then i don't and then i'm just like fuck 
shouldn't have left me as the last one, guys. You know, like it's all <laughs> yeah. your fault, not mine, because I suck at the game. It's your fault for leaving me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's it's just it's such a good, what a what a well put together game. What a cool concept. And I mean, I I know a part of it too is like the real life um, aspect of like Washington D.C. It's like playing Fallout Three all over again in in a weird way, but not mm. because it's actually more to scale. Because yeah. Fallout 3 had a really weird scale to it, but mm-hmm. this feels really to scale. So, like, when you're running across the mall or you're running, like, from the Lincoln Memorial to the Washington Memorial, like, it feels like it actually would if you were there in real life. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's just cool, man. It's like living out national treasure in a video game. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cool uh, hidden secret stuff in there. Yeah. You see parts of Washington, D.C. that you're not supposed to on a daily basis, of course. That's cool. Um, yeah, I actually I enjoyed the Washington, D.C. setting much more than the New York one, too. Even though the New York one was cool. But, uh, I mean, Manhattan's pretty, like, just grid pattern, you know, city. So, it, it like, the variety is not there as much as it is in Washington, D.C. Plus, Washington... Has all those amazing monuments and yeah, government and, buildings. The museums are like the best part. Yeah, the I museums think. are sweet for sure. And and yeah, like not to, like the, the Warlords of New York uh, add-on for Division Two is very cool in that it doesn't. It's still a. It's a smaller sector of like a playing field based on based on how big DC is and how big the original New York section was. Like this is a much smaller world, but it's so much more vertical. So, like, you can go into a lot of buildings and go up, like, pretty high up into them. And, like, you're climbing a lot of stuff and going up into, like, weird balconies and stuff and, and all that shit. And, like, it's just, it's a different feel, but it's still the same game. And then, like, you're, you're like, revisiting New York, you know? And, like, there's, cool, yeah. like, you, there's, like, a zoo mission that was really cool that they added later on and all these other, th- I think that was actually in the DC one. But they added all these other DC things, too, that were, like, not in the first launch that are like super sweet add-ons like really great missions that are fun to play it's a very it's a very deep and elaborate game that if you have the brain to process what you're doing like with your gear and everything i think you like i I know there's dudes online and the subreddit who have made spreadsheets for like you just punch in the gear that you're it's drop down menus where you're selecting the weapons that you want. You can basically spec out a whole character in a spreadsheet and then like go into the game and try and find all the stuff that you just specced out like nice. shit like that. Like it, people have gone crazy. Or it's such a good game. I wish more people played it now, but it's all good. I'm sure they're going to do like a division three, something like that. Yeah. It'll be in like Detroit, but modern day, like right now, <laughs> division three, the prequel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, you want to well, talk about Destiny? We, yeah, I do a little bit because I, um, so they brought back Trials of Osiris. It was on hiatus briefly in between seasons and they revamped it like to where you can actually, um, it's a match made activity now, which before you had to mm. do all like pre-made groups of three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for people who don't play Destiny, it is a it's like the end game competitive activity, basically crucible activity. Um, but it's only on weekends, uh, Friday through Monday, actually. Um, but it has its own gear 
that's specific to that activity and its own progression to get it. And it used to suck. It was like horribly unrewarding. It did not value your time at all, like even less so than usual destiny. Because like, you had to get a certain number of wins in order to get any amount of loot. Out of anything, it, right? yeah, at yeah. all. And if you and, lost anything, like there were little forgivenesses ever, like in certain conditions, right? But it was it was always just kind of like you needed, like the idea of you getting seven wins in a row to get a full card and then actually get, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's it. more to it than that. Like you used yeah. to get. Um, you would get stuff at three, five, and seven wins. Yeah. And then if you went seven wins straight without any losses, you would go to the lighthouse or the simulated lighthouse is what it is now. Um, and you would get even more like specific loot that you can only get there, like the highest end stuff. Um, anyways... Basically, so, so, the big problem, though, is in order to get anything from the activity at all, you had to hit three wins in order because you would accrue tokens by playing, but you weren't allowed to turn them in for gear unless you won at least three games. So, okay. yeah. which was more difficult than it should have been, honestly, because <laughs> the, the player base was very small and uh, everybody that did play was super hardcore or cheating. There were lots of cheaters. Mm -hmm. uh, Battle Eye has been implemented and seems to actually be working. It's cut down on cheating significantly. Like I, um, everybody that's been playing in our clan, like I don't think people have encountered cheaters maybe more than a couple times. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, plus, now that it's a match made activity, there's just so many people trying to play that wouldn't normally try and that also makes it a little more user friendly newbie with, friendly with battle <laughs> with battle eye did they actually implement a better way to report people or no uh i don't know about that but i do know that initially there weren't there wasn't any automatic banning or anything happening because they were like calibrating the system but they feel like they have it in a good spot now to where the system will actually just ban people on its own. That's cool. Which works out better, honestly, because then less cheaters slip through the cracks. Nice. Um, so last week I played, and it was like the first time I've actually had fun with that activity since Destiny 1, honestly, which I, I used to enjoy it in that game. Um, I hated Trials of the Nine, which was its precursor, because when Destiny 2 first came out, PvP was garbage in my opinion um and i got to go flawless for the first time ever in all of my destiny playing nice which was cool it was a good feeling you made it to the lighthouse the simulated lighthouse yeah i mean obviously it was easier than it, it normally is like i think 25 percent of all people that played last weekend made it that far but nice. it still takes some effort. And, like uh, that time I won at Tetris 99 in Best Buy because I played a bunch against a bunch of bots on the Switch Lite. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were no bots this time. No. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun. And like the, the way the loot system set up is super fair and like rewarding now. Even if you play, if you're 
at least putting in the effort to like keep playing for a while, you'll get something out of it. You're you're not going to just get nothing like you did before and just get angry. That's good. Yeah. Um, and like it, it's like all good loot too. And it's all cool looking and themed around that. The uh, kind of pseudo Egyptian style of Osiris. Um, but that's about all I have to say about that. And uh, we can get into Deathloop, I guess, or news or whatever we're doing next. Well, let's get into Deathloop. Um, Deathloop is a game by Arcane Studios, now owned by Microsoft, but it is currently a PlayStation console exclusive and also out on PC. Uh, Arcane is most recently known for Dishonored 1 and 2 and Prey. Um, And... uh, yeah, Deathloop is a game that uh, I think was announced alongside the PlayStation 5. Um, it's supposedly a timed exclusive, so I assume it'll hit Xbox Game Pass around this time next year, would be my guess. Um, but yeah, it is a run-based game where you have eight targets on an island full of hostile people that you need to eliminate within one run, which is a full day. And those eight targets are spread across four locations, and you can only switch locations four times in a day. And so basically, this game is you amassing enough information to figure out what the optimal run to be able to kill these eight people in one go is. Generally, things reset every day or whenever you are killed the third time, basically. Um, And... But there are ways to carry over weapons and perks that you like, as well as there are powers that you get from killing the eight targets, also called visionaries. Those powers are very much based off of powers that are in the Dishonored series, and um, you can upgrade them by retrieving them from the visionary again, and you get additional kind of skills and things added to them in that uh, in that sense. Um, did I miss anything? I mean, there's a lot, it goes a lot deeper than that, I think. Yes. But, um, you know, yeah, I guess the other mechanic is, that's if you're playing as Colt, the main character of the game, you can also play as one of the visionaries, Juliana, whose objective is to kill Colt. Um, And so, Juliana in your game as Colt can be played by another player, or it can be played by the computer, depending on how you have it set. And uh, you can invade other people's games as Juliana and try to squash their run, per se. But yeah, that's kind of the basics of this game. And uh, we're both playing on PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, what are your thoughts? You you have the most experience with arcane games out of the three of us. Uh, how, do you, how do you like this Deathloop, maybe compared to some of their previous offerings? Well... Um, yeah, it's a lot different, honestly, than, uh, the Dishonored games and Prey. Prey, Prey's its own thing altogether. It's more old school, uh, immersive sim, kind of immersive sim, like system shock, I would say. Yep. Or Deus Ex. It's definitely more in that vein. Um, Dishonored is more like immersive sim, more on like the thief uh, like deadly shadows kind of level. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, it dishonored's more, uh, like linear 
in some ways. Like there's there's a specific progression of the story and the levels and um it like it's not linear in play because there's always multiple ways to get anywhere. But um yeah. It's But it's a very linear story and Yes. Yeah. And level progression. It, mm-hmm. The levels go in the same order. Uh Deathloop like mechanically feels very similar to to Dishonored as far as the like you said the abilities and the um I guess like the general like feel of it how you can run and slide and sneak up behind people and choke them or stab them or whatever mm-hmm. uh but the the gunplay itself actually feels much tighter than it did in the old games but the old games I think it's like Dishonored games were trying to kind of gently uh, dissuade you from using guns mm-hmm. too much or any projectile weapons. Um, but they were there kind of more as a last resort. In, in this game, they've opened it up and they fully es- expect you to fuck up and have to go loud. And it, it they embrace that to the point to where, I mean, you know, like you can't save the game and it just resets when you die three times. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the reason why I think they embrace that you're going to screw up constantly. (laughs) Well, and yeah, so like the Dishonored games, you very much get the good ending by not killing people who aren't your targets, basically, right? Like the only way to obtain what they think is the best ending of the game is to not kill innocent people. Yeah, yeah. anyone honestly if you want the best ending you have to play through the whole game and not kill anybody at all or very few people i was gonna say like isn't the point of the game there are people that you're trying to assassinate at some point but every that's an interesting thing about dishonored is literally every target in the game can be neutralized in a non-lethal fashion but finding out the way to do that requires much more effort than actually assassinating them. It's a puzzle on its own and requires more timing and uh, better timing. So with Deathloop, like if you, like you said, like even killing someone is not a fail state. It doesn't like make you, it doesn't affect what your ending is going to be necessarily. It doesn't like, you know, there's no negative to killing a person in death loop like there is in like a dishonored, which I right. think is one of the reasons that I'm enjoying death loop more than I ever have a dishonored game. Yeah. Um, death of the outsider, the last, the most recent, um, dishonored game kind of removed that aspect as well. Okay. It, 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 there wasn't like a, a morality lesson involved or anything like there was in the, uh, the other two, And also, like, the first two games, the world was affected by how much violence you Mm -hmm. instilled in it as well. Like, the more people you killed, the more corpses you piled up around places, the more rats or bloat flies would be in, like, um, successive levels. And, like, that would make the game... uh, inherently a bit harder (laughs) because the rats and the bloat flies get pretty vicious um also disgusting mm-hmm. <laughs> especially the rats yeah but uh yeah that that aspect of the game of the arcane way of of making these games is not 
part of Deathloop. So that's kind of cool. I, I appreciate having the extra freedom to just kind of do whatever and try different things and not feel like I'm getting punished for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Deathloop like thematically is much more lighthearted too, even though, yeah, it's an assassination game. Mm -hmm. It just has like a sense of humor about it all. And the designer games are definitely very grim and didn't really have that much humor outside of maybe some of the, uh, like guard banter or something. Yeah. Yeah. Designer is much more grim, dark than, than Deathloop is. The, the, the setting's, like, super cool, too. It's very, like, uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, No One, I think it was No One Lives Forever, those yeah. games. I was a huge fan of those back in the day. The, like, the shooters. wannabe. Yeah. And kind of mod, modish. Is it, like, a mod squad? Yeah, kinda, it, you know? they were, like, a cross between Bond and, uh, like, Austin Powers, basically. Like, everything was colorful and 60s style. And uh, that that kind of style is in this game for sure, but it's, this is a little less absurd than uh, No One Lives Forever was for sure. Mm -hmm. But even gameplay wise, they share some <laughs> some DNA. It seems. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting because this game is kind of like making a bit of a rogue light experience out of playing like a dishonored kind of game, and mm -hmm. in that sense, it's kind of working for me more than than it ever has before like it's interesting because as i said like you have these eight targets that you need to eliminate and basically the whole point of playing the game you're either like building up your arsenal to be able to take on that task or you're figuring out the information that'll tell you how to get access to all eight of those people in that one run because certain people only appear in certain locations at different times of day. Mm -hmm. And you're selecting which of the four locations you go to at the four different times of day. So there's basically like 16, or I don't, I, what is the math? I'm not going to figure that out right now. But there's a big permutation of like different types of days that you could run. And that's not even accounting for the fact that like you could go to one location twice if you really wanted to but that means you're probably missing out on killing somebody else and you won't complete that run potentially. I don't know that for sure. So like the game has a very good, it's got two different sets of like quests for you and you either get quests that'll teach you how to amass things that will help you accomplish the mission or you have quests that'll teach you or, or allow you to gain information about how to affect the day to get, targets into the locations that you want them to be at any one time and so like it's it's kind of an interesting puzzle like i'm kind of curious to see if there's really only one way to accomplish it or not i think brian you're saying that you heard that that's pro that's probably the case um but you didn't read too much into it because you didn't want to get spoiled exactly yeah um, but i i think ultimately when you um reveal all of like the the, the optimal timing and target locations and stuff mm -hmm. that there's just a one, one pattern for that. Yeah. However, there's probably different ways you can go about playing through those levels. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, I think the, it would be interesting to see if there was a way to like 
converge all eight people into one place but the point like one of the things that you learn early on in the game is that they've all been instructed to stay away from each other is kind of the point and so like that whole like the figuring out that optimal run of like hey i'm gonna visit these four places throughout i assume like the answer becomes revealed to you of like these are the four places i'm gonna hit these are the several things that i need to do to get certain people to appear at different places at different times Mm-hmm. And then, like, these are the people that I can kill at each of those places while I'm there doing the other things that will affect other people later on in the day. And so it's really like a it's a it's an insane feat in game design, in my opinion. Like, yeah, the entire I, I don't even know how you would sit down and like think of like the creativity it would take to like come up with this system of how things work is mind blowing to me. And the fact that, like, you know, they it just feels way beyond what like a typical immersive sim like a dishonor would even kind of attempt to do and so i i kind of i'm kind of flabbergasted about how they put this game together and and i think it's definitely worth people checking it out if it sounds like it's your kind of bag like I, I, my my unlocking the potential to me enjoying this game was really just understanding that like if you go out and you really want to learn about one particular thing you can kill all the people that you want just try not to die if you mess it up go and try it again and do it in a different way like there's so much more flexibility to it than what a typical arcane game has been like and that is kind of you know it's almost enough to make me kind of be like once i finish this game if i finish this game maybe i could go back to do some dishonored stuff but um you know it's yeah maybe I mean, I would, with I would dis- probably cheat in order to figure out a way to make sure I get the best ending. But anyway, <laughs> I would say what Dishonored is to just not worry about the ending and just try to get to the end. Yeah. And then watch the one you wanted to get on YouTube when you're done. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And also I mean, you can do like a mix of lethal and non-lethal as long as like the majority of your assassinations are non-lethal. Mm. Okay. You'll still get a pretty good ending. I want to say that's fair. But and, Brian, and Dishonored what are your... 2, though, like, that's worth playing through because, uh, yeah, the level design or the and the game play loop design of Deathloop is awesome. And, yeah, it's like, it's kind of mind-boggling how they figured it out. But Dishonored 2 had some incredibly genius levels in it that I feel like playing through that would just blow your mind, like, how they came up with this stuff. I'm sure. It, seem, it seems like a good group of people. So yeah, but sorry, what were you gonna ask me? So what do you what do you feel about Deathloop? How are you liking it? Is it? I like it a it... lot. Like I'm I'm really into it. Um, I mean, I was into it right away, but I was also like eager to get into it because they do a lot of explaining and stuff at the beginning, which I feel is necessary. But it still yeah. kind of sucks. And there's a lot of proper nouns. There's a yeah. lot of stuff to learn, a lot of different systems and things, but it comes together pretty well. I mean, they're pretty clever about introducing it and they do it like at a good pace, I feel. Like they basically run you through a whole day. Yep. And hold your hand and pause you once in a while, like, hey, this is how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, even to the point to where they show you the Juliana like mechanic. Yep. Just with the AI. But I got to say, like, I've had my game invaded a couple times by players, or at least one, just once, I think, by 
a good Juliana player and it ruined my run like big time. I tried to invade one last night and the dude saw me coming from a mile away. Yeah, like, I tried I, it I, too and it was did not go well. I got obliterated. It's That's, interesting. It would be yeah. fun if it didn't feel so laggy. Mm. Like for me, like, I mean, it's not my internet, but it's, you know, there's a lot going on in that game and I feel like they need to optimize that. I didn't even see him to know if it was laggy or not. He just destroyed me. So I, yeah, it definitely seemed laggy to me because I was trying to get close up with the shotgun and like, Ah. they were just kind of like jumping up in the air, but I I wasn't seeing all of the frames of the jump Mm. and it was just really throwing me off. And, uh, yeah, the only other time I got invaded, the person clearly had no idea what they were doing and they literally fell off a roof and off a cliff. (laughs) So I, (laughs) But uh, the downside was I didn't get credit for the kill, so oh, I, did, I wasn't able to like loot Juliana's slab and all that. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's it's a cool mechanic. I, I like that's a pretty cool idea. Just that they in- included that at all, whether it works well or not. And you can yeah, you can turn it off entirely, or you can set invades to friends only, mm-hmm. which is probably what I'll do. That's what I'm now set on. But I'm also, I feel like there's been weird, like, server connectivity issues, and I don't know if yeah. it's just related to the fact that the game just came out, or if it's also the fact that I'm using sleep mode pretty, uh, mm-hmm. I, I always have used sleep mode pretty religiously, and that could be causing some of the issue with staying connected, but, um, yeah, it feels okay, like I- they have a couple things to work out. I will say it's, uh, at first I was a little, like, think um skeptical that i made the right choice getting in on ps5 because mm. i mean i played dishonored one and i played on uh what is it 360 i think it came out on originally mm. yeah and then uh dishonored 2 i played on ps4 and then death of the outsider i played on pc and Playing on PC like made me feel like a fucking ninja compared to playing on a on a controller at 30 <laughs> FPS, and I was like, "Well, maybe I need to play Deathloop that way too." But I wanted to play on PS5 because get the nice TV and I have a PS5, so I might as well use it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, you do. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, so. At first, I was like, ah, oh, this wasn't a good idea. Like, it runs really well, and, like, it looks great. The HDR is good, and, like, all the cool effects. But I, I was, like, doing so bad playing with the controller, because I'm just not used to it anymore. But I got mm. used to it, and it's fine. And, like, the aiming's really easy, because it's got the Snap 2 aiming and stuff. Yep. But all the other cool things that it does with the DualShock controller, or whatever it's called now, DualSense, is it? Yep. Dual sense. Um, that really like amps things up. Like that is like that makes it worth playing. I feel like on PS five. Yeah. You um, feel your footsteps if you're like being loud yeah. basically. And also they're using the adaptive triggers pretty well with like, uh, Man, that, sights that and footstep thing is fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's really like, cool. That's like really, that should be in every stealth game. <laughs> like yep. that's, yep. that's awesome. Absolutely. I have no desire to play this game. The only reason I would consider buying it is because all of the artwork is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I would just want to support Arcane because they have some of the best aesthetic of any like developer. 
Yeah, like, period. Like they're like even even the Dishonored games, like just the character design and everything, like the the overall look and feel of the games, like they just they have like a they have style and like finesse. Even the the Art Deco of like Prey, I think. Yeah, even mm-hmm. all, all of it. it. It's just they're they're great. I love the whole like it's. I mean, I I've heard multiple people compare like the Death Loop stuff to like black exploitation film like propaganda from like you know the seventies. And like yeah. that's what those posters are exactly that, and they they're sweet, mm-hmm. like they are so sick that they got a wallpaper. I'm on their website right now. They got a wallpaper with the two characters. Like, uh, what's the girl's name? Juliana. Juliana. Yeah, Juliana, and the other dude is Colt. Right. Colt. Yeah. They're like like Colt's on the bottom facing like facing right, and Juliana's on top facing left with a sniper rifle. Like, and it's just like it's so you would you would see that in the 70s, like at the movie theater. <laughs> like, it's such yeah. a sick poster. Like. What like just such cool aesthetic? I would just I would honestly buy this just to support them because I like that's who I am and that's what I would do. But I I well, have just, no uh, like it just doesn't seem like a game I would play. But obviously, if I bought it to support them, I would end up playing it at some point. I'm sure. Or just, just download it on Game Pass and show your support that way when it comes out next year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyways, that's but all. You're I have gonna to say miss about out it. on all the cool DualSense stuff. Yeah, that's, that's for good. sure. Uh, oh. Uh, it does do like this the the speaker thing. I don't know if I said this yet. Oh yeah, on the controller for like audio logs, and also like if Juliana's talking to you on on your like inner your radio, mm-hmm. it go, comes out through the controller speaker, which that's super cool. I, I mean that's that stuff, stuff that's been done in other games, but not enough of them do it. And it also doesn't stop you to make you listen to something. Yes, that's a, that's is, fantastic. It's not yeah. on screen or anything. Mm-mm just like it makes perfect sense and the other thing that it does do is it it changes the way the triggers feel based on weapons you're using and i think that the trigger will actually like lock when a gun jams yeah yeah it does which is awesome (laughs) because some of the guns like have a like all i think all of the guns have a small chance to jam but some have like a higher chance i think the lower the lower the lower yeah uh, weapons have have a higher likeliness to jam. God, that would be so infuriating to be playing some crazy ass multiplayer deathmatch and like your gun jams and then you can't pull the trigger on the, on the oh, controller. It sucks <laughs> when it's not even multiplayer. Like I, I, I think there's been several times where like, oh, I'm like, oh, I just ruined my stealth and now everybody in the world like fucking 50 exclamation points pop up around the screen and I don't even know where everybody's coming from. Yeah. And then my gun jams and I'm like, I guess I'm just dead now. I'm not gonna... I'm not going to survive this, but it's it's very easy to get away from enemies in that game, though. It is, especially you, when if you, you get, lay like, low blink as well, and other the powers I think are going to help with that too. But yeah, did you you have shift by now? Probably. Yeah, I called it blink. Sorry, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, dishonored. I have shift. I got carnesis. I have. Um, I Nexus. usually get carnesis when I go to Qdoba. <laughs> <laughs> carnesis asada. Car- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carnesis is telekinesis for meat. You can throw enemies with Carnesis. Uh, Nexus is the thing that lets you you throw out a projectile and it ties people together. And whatever happens to one person happens to all the people that are connected to it. Yeah. If you kill one person, they all die. Um, and then, yeah, shift is just like a teleport. And then, <laughs> is there one more that I have? Oh, I've got um, Aether, which is the invisibility one. You can be partially invisible, which I think basically doesn't help you against like juliana 
especially if it's a non-AI Juliana, but mm-hmm. it can help you against uh, people if you're still in stealth, basically. So. Yeah, nice. And I've gotten a couple of the upgrades. I think I got the shift upgrade and uh, I think one of the Aether upgrades as well, too. Sounds like you've Maybe played more than I too. have at this point. I, I knocked out a good chunk, but I, I got to a point where it's like, the interesting thing about the game is you can skip through the day if you're trying to do something specific. But I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, I have a one thing that I want to do at this location, so I'll go do it. And then if someone's around, if one of the visionaries is around, I might as well go kill them and get their their yeah. slab too. So it kind of like I'm trying to, ma- I've been maximizing my runs. Um, but it's kind of interesting because it's like even if you do end up killing everybody, the way that they've like spread out the information across the locations and the days, it's not like you can just like go through and learn everything you need to learn because you've just killed everybody and there's yeah. like notes lying everywhere for you to get it. No, it doesn't work that way. Like the way that people cross through the different locations and, um, uh, and the way that time passing has different effects on like the parts of the levels that you can access really like forces you to go in with a mission and kind of, you know, you might have to come back the next day to finish up that mission or something like that. It's, it's really a neat design and, um, absolutely. And I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see how it all comes together in the end. So it, yeah, it, the time of day affects the, uh, like weather and stuff too. Like some levels will be kind of like bone dry earlier in the day. And then by evening, they're just like snowy and icy. Yep. Um, the tide changes, I believe there's mm-hmm. certain things you can't reach at certain times of day. Cause the tides up or down or in or out, whatever you want to say. You'll find um, notes that are like, oh, we're bringing, we're borrowing this van and we need to leave the car yeah. and we need to leave the garage door cracked for the owner to come in and get the keys afternoon. And so then, you know, oh, I'll be able to get into this building afternoon. Yeah. And so it kind of, and it, and the game <gasps> keeps track of all of this information for you too. So it's not like you need to remember all of the stuff. It's, it's, you know, there's. It kind of tell it keeps a catalog of a lot of the stuff that's kind of just like clockwork, and then there's also notes where it's like, "Hey, there's a password for this thing, and it's going to change every day due to this protocol or something like that." Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of like it's just a really interesting. I don't know. It's cool that the the like the main method for completing this game is just like collecting information. It's not just like you're not just running and gunning. You're not trying to get powerful enough to do anything like. Although that will help. The other thing that I will know, and I don't know how much you've run into it yet. I don't think I've run into it that much, but there's something called loop stress, I think. And the more you kill visionaries, the higher the loop stress goes. So it makes the game harder and harder. The more of the targets you're able to kill. And it's not until you die that it like starts to drop back down. I don't think there's any like, meter or anything that shows you that um but it also like increases the rarity of the loot that you're finding and it makes you know it it just makes the game harder and in a few different ways um so it kind of like the it's interesting because you'll go and you'll kill one visionary and i was like oh this game's gonna be simple i have to kill just eight people like that but then, like, the fact that it adapts to you because you're able to kill more of the people on a particular run, I think it's just, it's cool. It's kind of like, you know, we'll put the training wheels on you for the beginning, but then as you start to actually accomplish the thing that you're here to do, 
will make it harder on you. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. They're and, also, and the visionaries feel are also artificially hard. I should say. Yeah. But. They're very hard to get to initially until you know their patterns and stuff. Yeah. 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 So Deathloop, Very cool. PlayStation yeah. five exclusive. Midwest game nerds approval. Yes. Check it out. Two of three. Yeah. I approve John, of the art. John is John is the dentist that holds out on the toothpaste. <laughs> yep. Don't brush your teeth. <laughs> Fluoride's bad. It's terrible for you. Should we run through some news real quick? Let's do it. There's a large swath of stuff, but we'll do uh we'll run through kind of the quick real quick stuff. Um two delays real quick. Battlefield twenty forty two is getting delayed to November. Uh, it was originally coming October 22nd. It's now coming out November 19th. So it's still coming out this year, which is pretty good. Um, I'm super stoked for that game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that one got delayed. The other delay, a little more consequential. Uh, Dying Light 2 got delayed to February 4th, 2022. John, I'm sure you're very bummed about this. You're I'm bummed forward too. To it. Yeah, I, I mean, I am bummed, but I... the. I know that this game, like I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more okay with people delaying games as long as like they just are they're fine. Good. Yeah, when they're yeah. good, it, who cares? Like I'm not gonna. It, it's it, I'm never gonna be that person that is like ready to hop on Twitter and send death threats to Techland <laughs> for like delaying their game to make it better. You know, well, that's good. So, I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, even if you are that kind of person, you shouldn't um, declare do that, that on our podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> use your use your fa- your your uh, egg profile pic Twitter account to. Yep. Uh, speaking of delayed, the Nintendo Switch got a much delayed update here to allow you to pair Bluetooth devices for audio output. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. It was about time. Forever. It took them like four years, basically. Uh, the interesting thing is you can only connect up to two controllers when you are using a Bluetooth audio device, and that could include the two Joy-Con separately if you are playing with them in that sense. I don't know why you would ever want to use headphones and like play a four-play multiplayer game anyways. Like, Fair enough. Yes, that's true. But uh, it's just interesting. It's probably one of the reasons that it actually... It was an issue for them. It was Bluetooth bandwidth kind of right. optimizing everything for that would be my guess. So you, you still can't use a Bluetooth microphone, or I, well, I guess no. What game are you going to use chat. a microphone? Exactly. Yeah. Never mind. Maybe I just want to like breathe into the microphone. And, well, you got to pull open your Nintendo app on your iOS device, and you're going to uh, breathe into heavily a... into the microphone while you're playing with a bunch of ten year olds on Minecraft <laughs> or Fortnite. <laughs> Probably mm-hmm. the only two games that have a form of voice chat. Yeah, that's true. I think Fortnite has voice chat. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Epic versus Apple. There's a final decision here from sort of. this trial. Kind of. Uh, the App Store must allow third-party payments, the judge has told Apple. Uh, and uh, it's an interesting ruling. We'll see if it sticks. Uh, I'm sure Apple's working on an appeal as soon as they possibly can. Um, but yeah, it is a permanent injunction, uh, in the lawsuit. I don't think the lawsuit's fully settled as of yet. There's still some litigation going on, 
But yeah, uh, could be an interesting step to make Apple allow people to process payments in a different way and therefore not require them to hand a cut over to Apple, which would be interesting and probably good for people who want to buy V-Bucks because then you can get the 30% off. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, and there, Fortnite there was, supposedly will return to the iOS app store. There was an interesting uh, Today Explained episode about this whole thing. Yeah, I bet that would be pretty good to listen to. Uh, and I'm sure there will still be more to come with the entire situation. It's quite in-depth, uh, a lot of what went on here. But, yeah, should be interesting and might have some larger effects as time passes here. Um, Brian posted about Ikea introducing a new line of furniture and gear for gamers. There's all kinds of stuff. Something that they even uh, designed in collaboration with the Asus Republic of Gamers. Um, There's no... There's a couple prices out for some of the stuff, but I think it's all has yet to launch. Yeah, like Um, the, the link wasn't working for me the other day, so I couldn't actually see what products are even available. Yeah, so the stuff is coming in October 2021. Um, include, they have things like they, there's uh, some standing desks. They have chair, uh, like uh, gamer chairs, um, and there's you know different uh, storage units and things like that. They also have like a $35 ring lamp with a phone stand on it as well, which is kind of cool. Um, so you know, might be interesting. Curious how uh, stock is going to be, because last time I tried to buy a desk from Ikea, it did not work out. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully it's some good quality stuff for those who are looking to maybe not spend uh, Herman Miller money on, uh, on a new gaming chair. Or Herman Miller Logitech money, which is yeah. even more ridiculous. I mean, you know, exactly. like the Ikea stuff, you kind of just get what you pay for when it comes to Ikea. I feel yeah. like any of the really cheap stuff is really cheap and it's built really cheap. But if you like put a little bit more money into what you're looking for, like you'll you get a decent quality product. Like so I think if they adopt that a similar, you know, philosophy with with the gaming stuff that you get what you pay for, you know, it it's going to be not terrible. Like a $35 ring lamp, like what's a fucking ring lamp even cost to begin with? Like it can't be that some much. It's like some LEDs in a ring shape. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but like I remember I was listening to another podcast. They were talking about how a lot of people, instead of buying the Elgato key lights, were basically going to Ikea to buy some of their like paper lights that you can stick like the, the paper lamps and it would be a better fill light than the Elgato stuff for way cheaper. So, you know, some of the stuff that's out there, like, I feel like the Elgato equipment is priced to prey on people who think they are getting the best of the best. And so Absolutely. having more competition in that world. Well, I'm I not, I'm not good. saying that Elgato, like you get what you pay for at all. I'm saying with, no. I, with Ikea specifically, I've always felt that they are very much a get what you pay for situation. Yes. Um, If you need a cheap shelving unit to like put some books on, you know, and you pay Mm -hmm. $60 for the Kallax, like one, one by four or whatever, like it's a decent shelving unit for 60 bucks and it holds up. And as long as you're not abusing the shit out of it, it's going to last pretty long, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
As long as you Absolutely. don't use a hammer to like bang the panel into the pegs that it needs to to get it to lock into place where you accidentally put a hole in your clack shelf with the hammer, <laughs> then it'll probably hold up for a while. I may well, or may not know, be speaking directly from experience. <laughs> as we know, uh, you know, gamers, you're not a true gamer if you don't like destroy a mouse or a controller every once in a while. So hopefully this stuff has been designed to withstand gamer temper tantrums. It's probably designed uh, to go in your dishwasher. Yeah, I'm going to dishwash my, my computer desk. Yeah. You know? You could fold anyway. it all. It all folds up. It's collapsible. Yeah, that would be good. An accordion uh, yeah. computer desk. Uh, a couple quick Sony hits. The um, update that allows you to install an NVMe drive is now out for everybody. It's not just in beta. There are some very specific requirements for that. Please go to Digital Foundry and check out their article if you want to see things that will definitely work uh, and definitely fit. Um, but otherwise, Sony has some information up on their blog that will uh, allow you to pick whatever you would like to pick in that event. But there are specific speed requirements and size requirements, and they do recommend that it has a heatsink. So check that out. Uh, but there was a PlayStation showcase uh, last week. They showed off a bunch of trailers. Uh, they showed off a pretty significant look at God of War Ragnarok. No date on that yet. Um, but it did look very pretty, and it looked good. And it looked compelling, as the last one did. Gran Turismo 7 is coming to PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on March 4th. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. um, Uncharted is getting Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy is receiving a Legacy of Thieves collection that will come to both PS5 and PC. First time an Uncharted game is coming to something that's not a PlayStation console. Um, and then there were some other trailers as well. Ghostwire Tokyo got a new trailer, which looked interesting. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy looks like garbage. Um, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto V and Grand Theft Auto Online got delayed. You know, that game that came out 12 years ago is now delayed to March 2022 for the PlayStation 5. They showed off a trailer for the Alan Wake remaster, which is pretty cool. Uh, first time that that game will be on a Sony console as well. Um, and then, yeah, the biggest news is that there's a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake coming from Asper that will be uh, console exclusive to the PlayStation 5, at least for some time. Uh, they didn't show much. They are very much calling it a remake. Um, it is not just a remaster. So they are probably doing some significant work to it. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I liked Knights of the Old Republic. I didn't love the first game. Never finished it. Um, wow. I liked, yeah. I the liked, ending's so good. Yeah, I heard about it before I even played the game, which sucks. Well, um, at least the ending I got is so good. There's more but, than one. Uh, I enjoyed the second one quite a bit, but I'm interested to see what they do. A lot of questions out there about, like, is this a Final Fantasy VII remake or is it a Shadow of the Colossus remake situation? Um, and, you know, I think the original game was turn-based. We'll see if the remake will be turn-based or not and if they decide to take any other kinds of liberties. I know... Um, uh, there was not turn-based. Well, okay, like, excuse me. Not it was, specifically. It was, it was not, like... 
it pause was not- and, and issue commands, but things played out real time, sort of. It, well, not really. It was not real time. It's not an action game like Final Fantasy VII Remake is. It is very much a um, more like an MMO than it is like a like a turn based game or an action game. Um, so we'll see if this remake will be like that at all. Uh, and uh, a lot of people already over there uh, harassing the people who are attached as writers on Twitter because. Um, Pretty sure one of them is a woman and can't have that. That's sarcasm for people who don't know. And, uh, yeah, they're like, oh, if you're going to rewrite KOTOR, uh, go kill yourself. <laughs> That's what the internet does nowadays. Not cool. um, two other quick announcements that were just trailers here. Uh, they announced Spider-Man 2 with a trailer that showed off not only Venom, but also Peter and Miles working together, which looked pretty cool. Probably not a co-op game, but at least you might be playing as both of them in one game, which is nice. And Tony Todd, the original Candyman, is voicing uh, Venom, which is pretty sweet. And then uh, there's a spin-off of the Insomniac team that is making a Wolverine game as well. So, pretty excited to see how that turns out. That game's uh, going to be ridiculously sweet. I, I think it's, yeah, I'm very excited for it. Uh, Spider-Man 2 had a 2023 date. Wolverine had no date attached. So it might be a while before we see any of those. But, uh, Insomniac is so good at what they do that I'm excited to see what, what we get out of both of those. Curious to see how, uh, how they make Wolverine work. Because, you know, I know there's been good Wolverine games in the past, but, like, it'd be interesting to see if they make considerations to kind of, like, you know, make his invincibility, his basic invincibility, less of a uh, a concern for the game, but kind of make more sense. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. So, but that's it for news. Right on. Um, I don't know. I was looking at like upcoming releases, and there's a couple of things that actually came out this week. Well, one thing specifically that Fist game, like the side-scrolling, like metroidvania ish yeah. like rabbit with a giant robotic fist thing that came out that looked kind of sweet i, I was thinking about possibly about it. yeah i was thinking about picking that up um that might be what i do to ride out the the rest of september and then we've got far cry 6 coming out right up beginning of october so there we go and also metroid will be yeah. out beginning of october as well october's so, gonna be a big month i think jet the far shore comes out Hmm. Far Cry, Metroid, Back for Blood. Uh, yeah. Let's see what else is coming. Death Stranding Director's Cut comes yeah. out on the 24th yeah. as well. I, I'm still so. I'm debating that. I don't. What What's the, the upgrades like 10 bucks or whatever? I think so. Yeah. So I should just install the regular one and then buy the upgrade. Right. Yeah. Like, you'll, well, and you'll probably even if the even if the regular one isn't. Um, uh, is if, if the upgrade isn't just an update, you're probably going to need to load into that one to transfer your save if you're going to transfer your save at all. I was so just planning on you. starting over. Honestly, then I would wait because you might not. It might be a fully separate download anyway. There might be a preload for it. I don't know. Have yeah. to look. Um, there's also DLC for the Outer Wilds coming on the 28th, which I'm very curious about. and I don't know that I want it, but I guess I need to check it out. We'll see. I so, still need to play that game at some point. Uh, Deathloop is actually kind of a 
prescient companion for that game in a lot of ways. So very much the information gathering of Deathloop is kind of the main mode of operation for Outer Wilds. And so might be a good thing to check out now. I actually have a disc copy that you could maybe borrow. And Zach says the new COD Hmm. beta is awful. That's uh that sucks for people who like COD. Par for the course as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I don't think anyone wanted a World War II COD like a couple years after it seems like it's only been a few years since the World War II one. And that, that setting is just played out in those games. Oh, there was something else opinion. that was just announced too, uh hardware wise. Um the the NVIDIA cards are getting um, DLAA on the, starting with the Elder Scrolls Online, which is like the DLSS version of anti-aliasing. Mm. Interesting. Um, which is, it's focused purely on quality and not performance. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I, I heard about that, but that's coming pretty soon, I think, to Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and then, yeah, they're in November... Because uh, I just saw the Elder Scrolls Skyrim Special Edition is coming out in November, so that's what that would made me think Skyrim. about that. And then we've got the new Pokemon games coming out in November too. November, all I care about is Forza Horizon. Yeah, the Pokemon games are um, remakes. I think is it Black and White, uh, Diamond and Pearl, oh, Diamond, and Brilliant Pearl, yeah, Diamond, and Shining Pearl. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah Anyways, there's a lot of stuff coming. We'll see. Yeah. If you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Get us to 100 subscribers on Patreon, and we will do a hot tub stream. Seriously. Not even joking. We will rent a hot tub, and we will stream from it. It'll be awesome. Yep. Something to think about. Again, check it out, mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to JCK, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for their contributions. We love you guys. We love all of our patrons. And one of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call SideQuest. Today, we're going to talk about some Oreos and some Mountain Dew and subscriptions and whatever the hell else comes to mind while we're in the middle of doing it. And uh, yeah, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. And help. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch Affiliates. So feel free to use our free your free your free prime subscription that you get for free. Not really free. You gotta pay like $120 a year to get it, but you pay Jeff Bezos that money. Included in your subscription. When you when you buy Amazon Prime and you get a free Twitch subscription that you have to re-up every single month. Um, which is annoying. Stupid. So set your set a, set a set a uh, calendar notice every month to re-up on it for us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think of a way you can give back the money you shouldn't be giving to Amazon to the community like us. Yeah. Make Amazon give us money. Exactly. Like you're taking money away from Amazon. Think about it that way. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Thanks again for Zach and the stream shooting the shit with us. We appreciate it. And we will see you guys next time. Peace.